0: Hello there, and welcome to the Anniversary Brothers podcast, where we talk about the anniversaries of your favorite TV shows and movies. And this month, we are going to be talking about the 55th anniversary, I believe, or did I get my math wrong? 55th. 55th. Okay, cool. I can do math. Um, The 55th anniversary of Batman, the 1966 uh, live-action television series starring Adam West and Burt Ward. Um, whose first episode aired on January 12th, 1966. Um, I am one of your hosts, Josh Renecki, and as usual, I am joined by my brother, Aaron. Aaron, uh, say howdy. Hey, everybody. Okay. Um, yeah, so thank you for checking my math. I was, <laughs> had a moment of panic. I was like, wait a second. Uh, is it how many, uh, because this is one that we were not alive for, so I cannot use my uh, my age to calculate the the time that's passed. So <laughs> I was kind of on my own for that one. Right. <laughs> so thank you for fact-checking me. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're talking about um, the uh, Batman TV series from the 60s, um, kind of widely known as Batman 66 um, among fans. And this is kind of a a good companion to the film we talked about this month since we talked about the anniversary of The Green Hornet since that was another um, property that had a, a series out at this time that, as you were talking about before we started, had some ties to this series as well.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, the... Uh... Most people probably don't remember that series. It wasn't on for very long, but uh, it does have uh, some connective tissue to this one. Right. So
0: I'm not sure if you did that intentionally
1: when you were picking things. but I No, no, be... I don't think I – I don't believe I did.
0: Okay, fair. Well, I won't give you credit then. Um, but I, I, I will say um, if for anyone who's listened to our Green Hornet episode – I am not going to trash. It's the same way I, I trash Green Hornet. I promise I've, I've calmed down a little bit. If, if anybody, if you breaths. didn't listen
1: to the Green Hornet episode and you really want to hear Josh just rip into uh, a movie, go watch that. I think, um, out of, I, I know this is, this is about Batman, but I've, I, it might've been out of all the things that we've talked about. It might've been the least favorite thing that Josh has that we've talked about.
0: I I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I I think that's, that's very fair to say. Um, but thankfully now we're talking about Batman 66 and I have a feeling we are both going to have, um, much more favorable opinions of this. Um, so Aaron, as I mentioned, this came out, uh, or first aired 55 years ago. So, uh, neither of us was born, uh, well, well before we were born. Um, But, uh, do you remember how you first were introduced to this show and how you first got to, um, really enjoy it?
1: Uh, so my recollection, um, and you can correct me. I mean, our memories might be a little different, but my, my recollection is, uh, when we were a lot younger, um, so probably when we were around, uh, four or five, uh, Before we would go to school, uh, we would get up pretty early, so probably like around 6.30. Um, And the old Adam West Batman uh, show would be on TV, and we would watch it before going to school. Uh, Am I right on that?
0: I think you're right. I don't remember if that was if we were going to school yet, or if we were maybe in preschool at that point. It might have. I, yeah. Um,
1: I don't know the exact sort of age, but I definitely remember watching this, uh, the show pretty consistently in the early morning.
0: Yes, we, we definitely got up early around. Like you said, it was on around six or six thirty, Um, which is wild. I think these now getting up that early just sounds like torture to me. Um, but and we I worked do the it.
1: night shift. So like, I'd never get up that early
0: yeah so that was a that was a different time for us but we we did we did get up early and we would watch reruns of this show i feel like um, yeah between that show
1: there were like several shows that we would over the years growing up we we would get up to watch um it was that uh reruns of pokemon so when we were a little bit older Mm -hmm. like i think that was before it was when it was still syndicated. Before I think WB bought the broadcasting rights, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, Dragon that's Ball when Z, was that? Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon were all both on UPN, which doesn't exist anymore.
0: Oh, gosh, I forgot about
1: that channel, yeah, um, yeah, I it was absorbed remember... into the CW when it merged with the wb i think so uh i, I have, I have no right. clue what channel uh batman was on it might have been okay WB. i was gonna ask it could have been UPN, uh or it could have been wb i don't know right well this show originally aired on
0: abc uh, but since then it's been on several different channel or channels um for its reruns it's uh, been on TV Land. TV Land's it's the big been one. On
1: Nick at Night, which is just basically an mm-hmm. extension of TV Land. Right. Um, just kind of any of those channels where you'll find uh, TV Older shows. Which oh, one? yeah.
0: Forgot about that one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Any any chance to find shows from like the 60s, 50s, or 50s. That's not a word. Uh, the 60 or 50, 60s or 50s. Um, any of those other old um, TV shows, you can usually find this among them. Uh, you won't find um, actually
1: that many from the 50s now, but definitely the 60s and 70s, uh, MeTV does a lot of those. Okay.
0: Yeah, I guess you're right. Um, but this one, like we said, came from the 60s and um, we're going to talk about the the first two episodes um, because one thing about this show is that most of the episodes are two-parters, at least from the first two seasons. Yeah. Um, which you Parters. And so it's kind of hard not to talk about the first episode without talking about the second. Um, but Aaron, I know you watched um, a few more episodes than I did for this.
1: Yeah, I watched a couple from season three where, um, well, one was a two-parter, but I just watched the second part. Uh, these, these, the plots of these shows aren't so complicated that like, oh, if you miss the first episode, uh, you're not going to get it. And usually there's a recap uh, for the two-parters.
0: Yeah, they, they do a pretty good job with the recaps. Um, although I did find it kind of weird that in the, 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 first two episodes that it was a, like a freeze frame, like just screen, not screenshots, but just a stills from the first episode. I think that's episode. what they usually did. Um, that's what I thought, but it, it was kind of just a, a weird, uh, visual. Uh huh. Um, but before we get into any of that, um, obviously we we talked about getting up super early I mean 6 still sounds super early for me maybe not for everyone
1: uh, I guess some people are like to... I get up at like 5.30 every day Josh like don't... you know more more power to them I, I could never I, I've had before
0: and, and I, I don't don't want to do it again um, but Aaron we obviously got up early to watch this do you remember your your thoughts or what are your
1: feelings about the show when um... we were younger I remember being really excited to watch this show, The like, I don't know. I don't know. I just remember there being something really special about watching this show, uh, getting up, uh, really early to watch it. Like this was like the coolest thing on TV. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I agree. And regular listeners, um, will not be surprised to hear us talking about that. And, and, will not be surprised that we're fond of this show considering this is probably the 150th uh, Batman property we've talked about at this point, give or take. Uh, and I'm currently wearing a Batman t-shirt and Batman socks. So um, I am, uh, I'm also going to say that I very much remember enjoying this and looking forward to it each morning because it had to be something worth getting out of bed for. And, and I'd say, um, you know, it's, it's very, different than some of the other Batman properties talked about. Um, And, you know, we talked a few months ago about uh, Batman the animated series. And I would say that that, and and this show were really our first introductions of the character and the, and the things that made us fall in love with Batman as a character.
1: Right. Um, I mean, there are really three things, those things and the uh, Joel Schumacher movies, first Batman forever. And, Especially Batman and Robin, because that was the one that we owned on uh, videotape.
0: Yeah, I, I want to say we maybe watched this animated series a little bit before we watched.
1: It, it's um,
0: it's hard to tell. Sh- I Sh- mean, Marvel obviously.
1: Movies? Yeah. Um, obviously, we were really but- into Batman at a young age. Uh, there's a picture, uh, you know, Armand has a picture of us as Batman and Superman. We're only probably like four years old or three. Uh, so we were really into mm-hmm. all that stuff. I mean, again, also when you're that age, you kind of get dressed up in whatever your parents decide. So one year they dress, she dressed us up as two pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I mean, it's classic. You have to, yeah. Uh, but but thinking of when we could, uh, when we were old enough to uh, request Halloween outfits, I remember we chose to be Batman and Robin for, I believe, fourth grade.
1: Oh, mm, no, I I think you're off by a few years. I think that was like, uh was like kindergarten, but was it? Kindergarten, I, first grade. It was
0: definitely elementary school. I remember that, yeah. but I know it was the, uh the, the Schumacher outfits from, from Batman and Robin.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, yeah. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um. So, yeah, do you want to uh, give a. Uh, a brief summary of uh, these first two episodes of uh, Adam West Batman. I would be more than happy to.
0: Yeah. So the first two
1: episodes, um, which,
0: um, as I mentioned, that they're kind of two parters, so they would air um, one night after the other, and so the the one that aired the first night was High Diddle Riddle, and the second was Smack in the Middle. Um, they they
1: often will and- be puns or rhymes with the titles.
0: Right. Um, And so those came out on January 12th and January 13th, respectively. Um, And in those uh, two episodes, you um, watch the Riddler played by Frank Gorshin, basically finding ways to outwit Batman and Robin um, and also um, find kind of just zany ways of tricking them, including a lawsuit, uh, kidnapping Robin, and um, replacing that Robin with a uh, a fake Robin, and so just a bunch of hijinks in order for him to to best Batman. Um, during which he uses a series of ridiculous riddles to give Batman clues. And then he and Robin have to try to figure them out to figure out where to go. Um, there's a lot in there, also,
1: but I think that's the the broadest description I can give of it. I think that's a, a pretty good summation. I like. I was going to mention the lawsuit thing, but like they they hardly talk about it in the whole. Like the, it happens, and then they're like uh, the rest of the plot is more important than that. He basically. Yeah, he, can... Go ahead.
0: Well, I was just going to say that that's one of the the big things that stuck out to me was how they bring it up and then they drop it, but I think that is so fitting and in line with the rest of this show um and in these episodes is that they're like the the, the plots and the, the plans of the villains are are meant to be silly and are meant to be ridiculous and so you're you're not supposed to take it too seriously. And so the fact that you basically forget about the lawsuit is kind of, you know, in line with how the show works.
1: Yeah, I mean it's this. Uh, it's all kind of a vehicle to get to like the big fight scene at the end. Mm-hmm. Or are like, yeah, usually have a couple fight scenes if it's two parter, but. There's sort of like the detective stuff and the action. Like those, those are the, the highlights of the, the episodes usually.
0: Oh yeah. And,
1: and and usually get and the gadgets.
0: Right. Right. And, and I I like that you mentioned those things because those are a few of the things that um, I really enjoy about this show is, is how much it leans on the detective work of Batman. Um, As we've mentioned some of our other podcasts uh, the idea of Batman being the, the world's greatest detective is sometimes forgotten um, and sometimes simplified into just, look, I've got this gadget. But this is a Batman who really does do a lot of um, detective work to figure out his his nemesis 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 uh, ne- I had it right the first time. Um, their their plans. Um, but as you mentioned, there's also lots of tools and gadgets, all of which have to have.
1: Yeah, bat, bat, um, you know, so, bat copter, bat, you know, uh,
0: bat shark repellent. Yeah, the one that got me from these first two episodes was the bat hook. Like, it's literally just a hook that he attaches to the side of a building so that when Robin cuts off the bars on a window, they have someplace to hang the bars so they don't come crashing down to her civilian. It's just a cause of the bat hook. It's like, why does Batman happen? Uh
1: huh.
0: Yeah. And, and, and I'm that, that's the thing about the show It's like, it's, it's meant to be campy. It's meant to be goofy. Um, and it is such a, such a different take on Batman than most people are probably used to from the last, um, 20 years of Batman properties.
1: Yeah. I mean, any, you know, that, that that that's probably a, a good description. of The last twenty years, at least. Um. And I mean, we we've, we've talked
0: about how you and I both really enjoy some of the more recent um, interpretations of Batman. Like we we both love the Christopher Nolan films. Um, I know we enjoy the uh, Arkham series of video games. Uh, not necessarily as keen on the more recent portrayals by uh, Ben Affleck. Um, but this is just the polar opposite. Like th- this is the the bright night. Um, and this is like Batman at his silliest. And it's almost, I'm not gonna say almost, it is pretty satirical. It, it really tries to, to make fun of the idea of how ridiculous is it that there's this man running around the city in tights fighting crime. Like it's 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 meant to be preposterous. Uh,
1: yeah, and um, I feel like I don't know. It's just it, I, I I'm thinking of it now as like that they could get, I, I guess comic books and like fandom were like a different place back then. Like this is pre. This is like pre-Comic-Con, I think. I know that Comic-Con started until like the 70s. Like there was no like really established like fan base. But like I can only imagine now if like Batman had been his, that was established character. They had never done anything like this before. So he was like, oh, he he was always serious. You know, uh, there was no phases in the comics or the show where he was sillier.
0: And like they Mm -hmm. came
1: out with this now and people I can only imagine people like, how dare you treat Batman as a joke? Yeah, but because like Batman wasn't even uh, 30 years old um, as a property yet. He's like recently is just like, I think, past the eighty. 80th anniversary mark there was still a lot of like uh stuff they could like kind of fiddle around with and just because like there wasn't like maybe that vocal fan base community to be like oh you can't do this and it's just it it was a different time the 60s people had uh a different sense of humor and (laughs) yeah
0: and to be fair and what was on
1: tv was extremely different
0: Right. Right. And and doing some reading before this, um, when this show was originally pitched and going around, they wanted it to be more serious and a bit more in line with the tone you might expect from the comics. But it eventually made its way to uh, William Dozer, who um, was the creator of the show and also the narrator. And when he read some of the comics, just to get a sense of what. The show should be like he came to the conclusion that the only way the show would work is if it was a comedy he said like there's there's no way you can get this concept and turn to a tv show without it being um you know a joke and so he took it in a very different direction than everyone else who had previously considered adapting it into a show was going to um but he took it that way and he did it a great
1: success mm mm-hmm. Um, just about things about the, uh, getting into the plot of this episode, uh, or episodes. Um, I love how the police department is just so bad at riddles that they have to call Batman. Yeah. It's like, it, was like, it. Yeah, it was just like, yeah, there's just like, I, I got nothing. We got to call Batman and commissioner Gordon has to make his little speech. It's like, we don't know who they are under the masks, but we need them now more than ever. Yes,
0: and that's one of the things. This is a this is is another version.
1: Yeah, this is a um, a version where Commissioner Gordon, if anybody is is at his most like satirical.
0: Yes, yeah, played by Neil Hamilton. He is very much when when you think uh, of
1: Commissioner Gordon, you think of you know, uh, the guy who played him in um, the animated series or. Uh, Gary Oldman, you think of these very serious, you know, takes or, or or you think about the comics, you think about the, you know, extremely influential interpretation, uh, in Frank Miller's Batman year one, but then you just have this like completely bumbling version. Um, who I guess in some ways is sort of like the, the one in the Burton Schumacher movies, uh, played by Pat Hingle. Yeah. And I'd say, I don't think
0: this Commissioner Gordon is quite as bumbling as he could be. I think his kind of sidekick, Chief O'Hara. Chief O'Hara, the
1: Irish police uh, chief, who kind of just ha- makes silly comments and this. It's like, boy, we really need those, those boys now.
0: Yeah. And yeah, they, they, they really don't do much work other than have that. Red phone. Right, to call yeah. Batman. It, so,
1: um, they must have had the bat signal by now in the comics, but, uh, they, uh, instead they use a red, uh, uh, phone hotline, um, which I guess they parodied in the Powerpuff Girls with the smiley face hotline.
0: Oh, yeah, I guess so. Um, but, but going back to that, um, little speech you, you mentioned that Commissioner Gordon gave, I really, like in a kind of silly way how this these first two episodes introduce you to the world of it all um they do it in the most awkward funny way possible um but they they do introduce you to the concept of like this is how their dynamic plays out because later right after that when uh, commissioner gordon calls um batman and and alfred picks up and alfred has to go and interrupt bruce wayne from a uh, a meeting like you hear um, Bruce Wayne just like suddenly like going into like a, a train of thought about how, Oh, if I had only been able to support um, you know, different uh, organizations to, to fight crime and to prevent crime, then maybe I wouldn't have been an orphan when my parents were killed right in front of me when I was a child. Like it's the, it's so exposition heavy, but it doesn't it in a way that is very effective and, is so corny and cheesy that it's also funny. So,
1: yeah. And um, I I like you mentioned that moment because uh, for one, uh, for my reading, uh, it's one of the only times that they mention that his parents were killed by criminals. They, uh, since this is the sixties and they were pretty strict about what you could put on TV. uh, They didn't, you know, that kind of, you know, allusion to violent, you know, behavior, you know, they want to keep to a minimum. Uh, but just stuff like uh, you were talking talking about how he, this show also kind of more than, I mean, I, I there's so much Batman, you know, media. But, you know, something that stuck out in me immediately is that, like, here's Bruce Wayne clearly, like, trying to use his wealth not just to be Batman, but to try to better society by, like, donating to certain, like this it was like anti crime organization or it sounded like he was trying to like donate to some sort of youth center or something yeah um Which and and then there's a there, there was another there was another episode where it 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 was like some sort of like uh international outreach uh organization like like so it is like it, this, this definitely a, a very philanthropic Bruce Wayne, uh, which cause, cause, cause people be like, well, I mean, of course the, the idea of Batman existing in the real world as as serious as some things would take it, you know, is, is ridiculous, but like to like sort of level out is like, it he isn't just a guy like, I'm just going to dress up as a bat cause it makes you feel better. It's just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, do everything I can and dress up as a bat. Right, and it—I don't know if
0: it's intentional, but it, it addresses some of the criticisms, like, like, wow, couldn't he be doing so much better things with his money than just dressing up as a bat and fighting crime? Like, right. he has many more tangible ways of using his finances to better the city
1: also, instead of just
0: beating up poor people.
1: Also, um, uh, and I will look it up while you keep talking, but note that he's addressed as millionaire Bruce Wayne, not billionaire. This is the sixties. Inflation has not gone the way it has in the past 50 some years. Yeah. Um, true. That is, that is good good point out. And I, there,
0: there's, there is something just really charming about this Bruce Wayne. Um, as, as soon as you meet him, Adam West, does a, a really great job with accommodating this, but he also just is so suave um, as Bruce Wayne. And there I, I was reading that they originally cast him as Bruce Wayne because he was in, and and I, I believe this is true from what I read, um, he was in like uh, like a Nestle commercial, like a Nesquik or whatever commercial, um, as like a James Bond-esque um Character called I think it was Captain Q um, I'm gonna have to check that but it was like that's where he got his Yeah, Captain Q in a, in a Nestle quick television advertisement um, So it was because he had that kind of James Bond Feel in a commercial that he got got this role and I think you instantly feel that um, mm-hmm. when you see him and when you see him interacting with everyone else and I I mean, it's it's very apparent why they hired him
1: oh right i i agree too he does have a sort of uh suaveness to him i just looked it up and this is just you know a website don't you know take it as like official according to this uh uh, a dollar or million dollars in 1966 would be about Uh, So, a million dollars would be eight million today. So, that's not as much as I thought it would be, but still, uh, this is also before, like, pre, you know, uh, Microsoft, where people were making things that everybody uses so they make a billion dollars and stuff like that. But yeah, it's just, it is weird to hear millionaire Bruce Wayne since we've gotten used to Batman being so much richer. Um, But that actually does tie into. Uh, later when we talk about the lawsuit so when they first try to capture the riddler it's all staged um he points a prop gun at somebody it ends up being fake it ends up being a lighter for some reason
0: yeah just that's just part of the riddle
1: it's just part of the riddle they they apparently missed a part of the riddle he was going to light somebody's cigar or whatever and uh he takes a photo of it. It says, I'm suing you for, you know, defamation or whatever. Um, and they he charges, he he sues him for a million dollars. So if Bruce Wayne only has, um, let's say, $10 million, then charging him for a million dollars is quite a lot for Bruce Wayne.
0: Yeah. Yeah. At first when I heard that's like, oh, well, that's nothing. Like, you know, Bruce Wayne's like super rich. And I mean, he's still pretty rich, but. This would be a little bit of a a bigger hit on him, and and Alfred mentions, you know, like hey, like you still have the money, but Bruce does respond. It's, it's like it's not about the the money. It's because he would have to um, reveal his secret identity and it was tarnish his um, his reputation as a crime fighter. That he tried to place someone under false arrest and then he was tricked. Right. Um. Yeah, which is I. I found it really surprising that they went for that idea of I'm going to uh sue you in the very first episode. That's just yeah, that is, that's that so is, silly, but that's that gives you a good feel for what the series is like.
1: Yeah, um I just for uh I guess comparison, I watched an episode where uh, where the Joker and Catwoman uh get caught by Batman uh, ask for a lawyer and then Batman tries them in court. <laughs> Bat- yeah. Batman's the, the, the prosecutor. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. But this uh, is a, this is, this is a Batman who's very, uh, other versions of Batman are like very much a vigilante. He's outside the law, but you know, maybe commissioner Gordon, you know, looks the other way. Um, they make it clear in this series, he is a deputized, uh, agent of the law he is uh he is technically following everything by the book and he he, he, he's he's, directly he he's he uh he's he's like everybody has rights under you know the constitution and laws and (laughs) it's just it's such a again different take on batman would be like uh you as as opposed to like in uh Tim Burns Batman, where Joker's henchmen are in the factory and he just drops a bomb on them.
0: Right. I I liked. Or, or, or Ben Batman Affleck's as... Batman. Right. Who brands like, criminals I, I like who get Batman killed is... in prison. If if you think of the like the 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 and Dragons kind of oh yeah no charts, I, yeah um like breaking down like their alignment like this is definitely a lawful good batman like he he repeatedly mentions like um you know it's important to uh like follow traffic laws and to eat your vegetables and to do your homework like he is all about following the rules
1: right as opposed to like some like um the other ones kind of border depending on the version between chaotic good and chaotic neutral.
0: Right. Right. But this is a, a very buttoned up Batman, um, who I just thinking of, uh, the, then I don't say news, but the, the, the talk recently that in the, the new Snyder cut justice league, that Batman might drop an F bomb. Like that, this is like the furthest from that. <laughs> like, I, I I can imagine the closest this Batman coming to that would be like like oh golly shucks or that's more of a Robin thing to say right right um, um
1: but that does bring us into Robin so you talked we talked about Batman who you know he's very you know uh very in charge very uh, debonair as Bruce Wayne and then you know very like this is how it's gonna be you know we're gonna take these criminals and put them in jail and stuff like that you know. Uh, but uh you have robin who's played by uh burt ward um who i i don't want to say that this is the version of robin that like made people think robin wasn't a cool character but it probably is he's very much a sidekick and i mean he much... is a sidekick but um yeah he's he is the all shucks uh, you his big thing is usually saying, Holy this, holy that, you know, holy heartbreak, holy holy smokes, Batman. Yeah. Usually some sort of, you know, pun. Um yes. He he is his ward. Um they imply he's in high school, if I guess if he's his ward. Uh which is interesting later because when Batgirl comes, she's already graduated college so that would make her older than robin which usually they're around the same age in uh uh different media but uh right but yeah he's uh he's just like like (laughs) it's just like a dorky kid Uh,
0: right if if batman is like this lawful good james bond character then Robin is the epitome of like a a leave it to beaver boy scout.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good description. Uh, Yeah. um, And And going back. Oh, good. Oh, was just like, uh, I don't know if it was this episode or other episodes when they solve the riddles, uh, like Robin will like solve the riddle and Batman will like congratulate him and give him a handshake. Oh, I, I love their dynamic. Oh, it's like, good work, just, chum. Give us a s- strong handshake.
0: <laughs> Every time Batman calls Robin old chum, I just had this stupid smile on my face because <laughs> I thought it was so funny. Uh, and yeah, and it's, there's very much like a, a mentor role to it, which is, I mean, not uncommon with Ben, but it's, it's nice in that batman will will give him the opportunity to figure he's sort out of of like an
1: apprenticeship kind of where like batman is like the seasoned detective crime fighter i mean i never give any indication that robin's ever going to go on his own but like he is he's he's very much like he's allowing robin opportunities to learn and to teach him and stuff like that
0: right like he'll ask robin to figure something out but it's not because batman doesn't know it it's just because he wants to give robin a chance to figure it out on his own
1: yeah it's, and, it's just like other versions of there was that really infamous version that frank miller did another less beloved frank miller comic where he's like like curses at robin and shouts at him and like tells him like i'm hungry he says go find a rat to eat in the bat cave and stuff so like <laughs> it's like the yes. polar opposite it, Yes, you, you definitely get the sense that this But is it's Batman also and Robin, very different from the actually, like Oh. Each other. Oh yeah, but it's it's very also different from the oh. Robin's cool now, Batman forever. Uh, Dick Grayson, you know, hot shot on a on a motorcycle and doing kung fu with his laundry.
0: Right. <laughs> I I I think the most telling part about their relationship is at the very end of this two-parter, uh, Bruce Wayne offers to help uh, Robin with his algebra Yeah,
1: And he's like, gosh, she Batman or Bruce. I, I'm sh- I sure would.
0: <laughs> right. He's, he's so thrilled that his mentor is going to help him with algebra. Um, that I think is the most emblematic part, uh, or emblematic scene to capture their relationship. Yeah. Um, but, but I do want to go back to the plot of this, this first episode, because, um, once they are given the, the, the legal doc, documents from the, the Riddler, um, suing them. They find out there's more riddles on there and the riddles lead them to a a club. And what follows is so ridiculous. And the source of many gifs that people have no doubt seen. And I was shocked to see it in the first episode ever.
1: Oh, I, I had, I watched this a while ago. So I already knew it was in the first episode.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Be so they, they go to the, the club, and because Robin is a minor, he's not allowed in. So Batman has to go in by himself. And as he's going in, everyone's immediately staring at him because he's a full-grown adult dressed in a, you know, bat suit. And he just walks through, and he asks to get, like, a seat at the, the bar because he doesn't want to um, draw all attention out on the dance floor. <laughs> it's like, are you serious? <laughs> as soon as you walked in, you drew attention to yourself. Like one of the instances where if you really wanted to be discreet, you would have, you know, maybe gone in like as Bruce Wayne or just a, a disguise. Um, but that's the kind of comedy <laughs> tongue in cheek, um, that you're going for. Like it's, it's the comedy without the laugh track. Um, and which was he, very he,
1: on on this was like the only like I don't know if they really marketed this movie or not movie there is a movie but the the show as a comedy but uh it really was like the only comedy of the time without a laugh track which um i think because it is sort of like multi genre it got away with um but mm-hmm. it is kind of like until like the two thousands really like every everything had a laugh track if it was a comedy. So, uh, mm. in in some ways, this broke ground in a way you wouldn't have expected. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and that was something that the creator described it as like the only situational comedy of its time without a laugh track. um
1: Yeah, like up until like The Simpsons, which was an animated comedy, like everything had a laugh, like even the Flintstones had a laugh track. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so that definitely bucked that trend. Um but the, the I I just love that scene of him going through the the disco um because he he has no awareness of how ridiculous he is being in that position, but he's also so off of his guard even though he was sent there because of a Riddler riddle. But like he immediately goes there and starts like Flirting with a girl at the bar, even though she gives him a riddle, which is like red alarm bells ringing <laughs> Batman, she is one of his cronies. What are you doing? Um, and yet he still decides to to dance with her and get a drink with her. But the thing that cracks him up the most, more even than his dancing, which the dancing is the the gif I mentioned, because there's even a name for it. It's called the the Batusi, yeah, where he's like if if you haven't seen it you know he does
1: swipes the the eyes and stuff like that yes um which
0: is amazing um but even more than that the thing that kills (laughs) me about that scene is that when the 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 bartender comes up to him he asks for a glass of freshly squeezed orange juice (laughs) like straight faced like no like like sense of humor, like that's that's what he wants at the bar. <laughs> and he and also like he has no idea that the the bartender and and this woman, uh Molly, that he's dancing with are the Riddler's henchmen. Um and so he just like gets this orange juice in the in the bar and he just like chugs it down in one <laughs> gulp. Uh, not knowing that it's been spiked uh, or he calls it, he said, it's been doped. Um, It's like, Oh, come on. Like you, you go from being this incredibly smart character who can figure out these riddles instantly and has all this great technology to, you know what? She just said a riddle and I was told to come here by the Riddler. I should drink this really quickly and not even see if it's been poisoned or anything.
1: Right. Um, because, yeah, he normally is a pretty smart character. Those riddles aren't easy. They're actually – I will say the most of the riddles in the show are pretty clever. But I – I mean, I'm not a riddle person, but I'm like, oh, okay. And they never seem to have any difficulty with them. Mm. But, like, nope. it's just yeah. like, I'm going to trust this person. Right. And so he,
0: he's dancing with Molly and then he, he starts losing consciousness because he, he was drugged. Um, and then, and, the, and, oh, go ahead.
1: Oh, was just the Riddler, uh, kidnaps Robin.
0: Right. And I was going back to how none of the, the villains plans make sense. And that's part of the, the fun of it. It, it made no sense to me that they were able to drug and incapacitate Batman and they just left him there. It's like, oh, okay, you've already sued Batman. And now you have Batman in a completely vulnerable position. Like, Riddler, if, if you want to kill him, this is your chance. You somehow fooled the smartest person in the world into drinking drugged orange juice from a bar. <laughs> and you just leave him there. And instead, you kidnap his sidekick so that you can have this other convoluted plan to kill Batman. Even though he was right there. Right. They could
1: have, he could have just poisoned it. He would have been dead there. <laughs> right. Like Batman doesn't care. He's just drinking orange juice left <laughs> and right. He's he's not paying attention. Never just, and, never saw an orange juice glass he didn't like. No, he's just, It's like no, it's totally
0: unsuspecting. It's like, ah oh, yes, orange juice. My What did you say he was in companion. a commercial for? Nestle? Uh Nesquik. Yeah.
1: Nesqu- oh, they should have had him in the Tropicana or whatever was the orange juice at the time commercial. Yeah, could have been called <laughs> Somebody should do a cut of that. It was like Tropicana, have Batman just stumble over and fall. I'd i watch that. Um, um, I will um... say something. There are two things from that situation. He, so he captures Robin. Um, the first is um, and you get this obviously throughout the rest of the series because this, this series took place from 68 into uh early 68 to early uh or 66 to 68 uh so mid to late 70s um so like the 70s oh 60s maybe i drank some doped orange juice i'm getting everything wrong (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh but um so it took place during the 60s and like the 60s style is very apparent when he walks into that uh bar and nightclub just like the fashion yes. and the dancing and the music, uh, stuff that like uh, you would never see anybody, stuff you would never see anybody wear now. You would see in like a museum, or fashion museum. Yes. I don't know. Uh, it I, is a time capsule. It sure. is a time capsule. Which is, it's it's fun in, in a way. It, it it adds it adds a level to it that. You know, people watching it in the sixties would have just been like um, the most amazing thing about that would have been if they had a color TV. Mm. And a lot of people didn't have a color TV for a very long time until like our mom said she didn't have one until like she got married, and that was she got married like the end of seventy nine. So, uh, uh. But yeah, so there was that and the the other thing is the humor of the situation of Batman trying to start the Batmobile and the cops having him roll down the window and said, "Batman, you're too intoxicated. <laughs> you can't drive." Yeah. <laughs> Just like the preposterousness of Batman being in that situation. It was like fat man, you've had a little too much. You can't drive, <laughs>
0: and to which he like offers no, like he's about to protest. Be like, oh no, officers, you're right, <laughs> you're right. Uh, um. Oh, and and he is going because there is the the bat signal going. So you, oh, there so is a bat signal. You, you sure... All right, because yeah, the bat signals he, in
1: the uh, in the credits. Okay, but they don't. They use the phone
0: usually. So I guess they use the bat signal if they can't catch him on the phone.
1: Yeah, they like should do that. Out and about. They should do that in the in regular, you know, Batman comics and in the movies. Have them call phone and said, "Oh, we couldn't reach you on the phone, so we sent out the bat signal." That makes sense to me. Um,
0: but yeah, th- that that is so funny um, to have just Batman being told, "Yeah, you're you're no stay for this, buddy." Or or, or um, nowadays
1: it would be Commissioner Gordon tweeting Batman. On his, yes. he was he, his direct messages.
0: Yes, he's sliding to his DMs. and like, hey, Batman, <laughs> I need you. Um, wow, I, I feel so old, old saying that. you still say that anymore? Yeah, I um, think so. I, I don't know. I just, I just feel like I need to go get a cane and and go take <laughs> a nap after that joke. Um, oh, you
1: feel like old, but talking about Twitter but not watching old Batman. <laughs>
0: Touche. Uh, you got a point there. Um, but a- as you mentioned, um, that first episode end- ends with, um, the Riddler and his gang kidnapping Robin. And we get to the second episode in the two parter smack in the middle where Riddler and his, uh, henchmen have made a, uh, a mold of Robin's face to create a disguise. And then, um, Molly who had met Batman at the bar uh, and she's played by uh Jill St. John um who and she was also a, a Bond girl. She was
1: Oh wait, the she, first was American Forever, Bond girl, right? she was in Diamonds Forever when Diamonds Forever?
0: Yep, she played Tiffany Case, the first American Bond girl. That um is
1: a really bad <laughs> that's a really bad movie.
0: <laughs> yeah. But just to say, you know, she's uh you know, a pretty well-known actress I'd say. Um but she dons the Robin disguise. Um, I
1: could only imagine then, being Robin. I would be so insulted. It's like, yeah, we'll just have the woman dress as them well. I, the thing that
0: got me is how, when she, she comes out and she's wearing, um, like a duplicate of Robin's outfit. And, yeah. but she still hasn't put on the, um, like the, the mask. Yeah. That, that looks like Robin. Um, and, like, you can honestly tell that it's um, that it's still uh, Molly. It's it's still um, the same actress underneath Robin's outfit. And uh-huh. then as soon as she puts the face on, it's like, oh. And now all of a sudden, she is very clearly uh, Burt Ward. She is no longer still Jill St. John. Right. Like, just and yet she poses so very, so div- like,
1: kind of womanly. <laughs> this is kind of
0: funny. I will just say Burt Ward does a good job, um, like, trying... Trying to do some mannerisms that um, Molly was doing ahead of time, Uh, but it's it's so silly. And and going back to how none of the um, the bad guys' plans make sense. The the Riddler had Robin captured, and did not take off his mask to try to learn his secret identity. Instead, he goes through this convoluted or convoluted process to make a Robin mask even though he doesn't take off Robin's mask to make the mask.
1: Oh, that's a good point. So it's
0: mask on mask on mask.
1: Uh huh. It is
0: just ridiculous.
1: You see, I would see, I could get the defense of the Riddler, like if the Riddler doesn't want to take off Batman and Robin's mask because he wants to figure out on his own who they are. But like, there's, that's not at play here. But just like, in like if we're talking about different versions of the Riddler being like having the outsmart Batman, trying to be the smartest and try to figure out on his own who Batman is. but Right. That's, this is just a Riddler who loves to do riddles um, uh, to get attention. Doing riddles brings Frank Scorson's joke, not Joker, uh, the Riddler. So he laughs a lot. He, la- he brings him so much joy setting all these, these riddles. Like he, he laughs so much he like falls over. <laughs> he does like he's in the the museum and he knocks over
0: a uh, a vase because he can't contain himself. He
1: just he loves putting these riddles and messing with Batman and Robin. Yeah. Um
0: which is you can definitely get a sense of where uh this version of the Riddler may have inspired Jim Carrey's portrayal.
1: Oh yeah, I mean Jim Carrey's one is we we've already talked about him in our Batman forever. 5. I mean, is like completely, well, I mean, it's just him playing the mask, but it's, uh, it, yeah. Yeah. it's just completely bonkers, but it is, it, it has, uh, uh, he's like kind of energy. Yeah. He's sort of like Frank Gorshin on cocaine.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's accurate. Um, so yeah, in, in the episode, so Molly uh, is wearing the Robin disguise and um, manages to get rescued by Batman, who uh, seemingly does not suspect a thing and takes her back to the Bat Batcave um, where she um, then holds him at gunpoint to which Batman admits, oh, I knew it was you. I could tell there was a. Um, there was something wrong about the mask you were wearing and I've somehow managed to, uh, make your gun unusable. Um, and it's just so silly, but what, what happens next is somewhat horrific. I'm going to say say it's like Uh,
1: scarred children across America, (laughs) right? These Molly, freaks
0: out understandably cause she's in Batman's lair and, um, has lost her only weapon and doesn't know what to do and has no way of contacting the Riddler or the rest of her gang. Um, but what she does is she, for whatever reason starts like climbing up a ladder that gets to the, um, like the atomic pile that powers the Batmobile and she immediately like starts losing her balance. So that Batman has to go up and try to rescue her. And she slips or is unable to to stay balanced. And she falls to her death <laughs> in this atomic um you know he, engine or this yeah. atomic
1: Yeah, it's like what? She just there's completely like this, she just suddenly is vaporized or whatever. Right. Like she falls
0: into a nuclear reactor and is dead. <laughs> and, and it's like, what?
1: I wasn't. <laughs> well, this show took a hard turn.
0: <laughs> it, and then the the most. Cringy, but also hilarious part is Batman's response. It's like he's staring down at where she fell and he he's like torn up and his comment is, oh, what a way to go, go. It's like, Batman, now is not the time for a joke. A woman just died in your basement. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, this is not a time for a go-go dancing joke, Batman. Like, what What do you mean? you? Uh, like, yes, you didn't purposely kill her, but that's kind of your fault. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Know.
1: did that strike you as weird you see um because i had like a, sort of mine is like a taped version so i wasn't sure if that was an imperfection on the video if he really did say go go i was like oh he did say go go i th- I wasn't sure if it just skipped it like a like a record and he's it, he said go twice by mistake uh, this, no he, he laments her death with a joke yeah uh It it's it's punning is no joke. Punning is is life in Batman. (laughs) Well Well, and and I was reading that this is one of
0: the few instances that a character dies in this show. That most the there's very few times that characters die. This is only I think one of three times a character dies. uh Uh-huh. Um
1: Maybe this is the reason why they're like, Oh gosh, what have we done? We just threw it's Jill like, St. John into a nuclear reactor. <laughs> it's like maybe
0: Bamet isn't lawful good anyway. Maybe there is some uh something more sinister going on.
1: Mm-hmm. Um I mean the rest of the what? where is the episode kind of just he how do you find Robin? Does he have like a transmitter in his belt or something? Um
0: He he finds the the real Robin or is it a riddle? Um, no, no. He, he he finds him because when the Riddler called Batman earlier on the phone, um, Batman could hear something in the background. And so he has the, um, the back computer analyze it and realizes it's a train car or the machinery from a, uh, a subway. And so he realizes um, and uses the back computer to figure out where Robin is and finds out he's in underground
1: oh okay okay i couldn't remember it's Um, only been a few days since i've watched this but maybe since i watched a couple other episodes the plots listen all these episodes have like and we'll go once we're done talking about this one they have a formula uh uh, so there's a reason why they would bleed together uh so he does find they do eventually you know find the riddler and have this big fight which um I'm going to say there have probably been plenty of shows, uh, probably a lot of cartoons that have parodied all the fight scenes of Batman where they're clearly, you know, they're throwing a punch, but they're clearly not connecting. Um, And there are these big onomatopoeia. I think I'm using that correctly. Mm -hmm. uh, Words on screen. So like pow and whiff and biff and crunch uh, mm. I it's my understanding actually at the time this was considered a very violent show, and like there were like parents groups that were like, the show and all these westerns are too violent. <laughs> even though they clearly never make contact, yeah. Even though they, they clearly parties. never make contact, these shows are too violent.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, and the
1: you know the f- go twenty five years later later people are like. Mortal Kombat is too (laughs) violent.
0: Yeah. No, the, even the action in this is is so comical, like where you have, um, Batman being, um, like held by like five henchmen and like Riddler lining up to punch him. And then Robin just like launches himself at them and they all fall down. It's like, it's, it is not choreographed at all, really. I mean, it is. Choreographed, I mean, it is, but, but it's, it's
1: like it's not well choreographed. But like, again, the nature of the show, I don't think they're like, got to get this fight scene perfect. You know, you know, they did a hundred takes of this one punch by Batman because they wanted it to just look just right.
0: Right. This is not the uh, the hallway scene from the first season of Daredevil. This right. is a uh, this is much this better. is something very different. I mean, it's it's much funnier, and and that's the point I think. Mm-hmm. Um. Um, but yeah, so the Riddler um, ends up trying to make a getaway, and he um, seemingly dies after he um, pulls out his gun and shoots um, in the mix in the midst of this um, laughing gas, um, and it explodes. Oh yeah, can we talk but about Batman the laughing gas? Out.
1: Because the laughing gas yep. plot. Where he steals all those uh, like museum stuff or whatever, it's very much a Joker plot. I was going to say that too. Is that that that's Earlier, they, criticisms? They, yeah, he does have a little. Wait, um, I don't know. At least in this episode, he kind of he, he uses laughing gas and makes everybody in the museum laugh by telling jokes. Feels like it should have been reserved for the Joker.
0: Yes, it, it very much feels like the Joker with riddles. And that is one of my criticisms of how the Riddler is sometimes written, um, like especially in Batman Forever. Um, but also to a degree in this. Yeah, he's I don't know why that was the move. Um, that was odd. Uh-huh. And he's wearing a an elephant mask because he's trying to steal this. Giant stuffed. Um, woolly mammoth
1: it's and topical
0: it i mean i guess it's it's appropriate for the situation but um so he the riddler um seemingly dies after he shoots his gun and there's the explosion um but his body is never found and he comes back in other episodes so he obviously survives
1: uh-huh um there is uh, and i want to get a little bit into some of the different uh villains of the show because there are many, we we've talked about the Riddler for only like an hour. There's like three dozen villains in this show, or more. I mean, the show had a hundred and twenty episodes, so it's probably more than that. Um, so Frank Gorshin, he played the Riddler in season one. He was having like contract disputes or something with uh, ABC. Um, John Aston from uh Adam's family. Adam's family played the Riddler in season two, and okay. then and then they got Frank Gorshin to come back for a couple episodes for season three. Okay. Uh, it, it, apparently, it all had to do with like how much money he wanted. Which, I mean. You're probably not making that much money playing a, a villain on, you know, a, a TV show, especially back in the day. So I I, I don't blame him. I guess. Um, other characters uh, we have the Joker played by Cesar Romero, who famously he he was very uh, uh very a uh, famous Latino actor, uh, uh so sort of always played like Latin lover in his other so he's very suave and debonair uh had a mustache refused to shave it put his joker makeup over his mustache so one of the only versions of joker that i can think of that has any facial hair
0: yeah i i never noticed that for the longest time oh that's very Um, obvious if
1: you if you see any like stills of it that he, he he just white over his mustache and it's odd that they're like oh we're painted green maybe he was like no i don't want to paint it green um (laughs) um so he from what i looked up the villains that show up the most um in the 120 episodes are the joker and uh the penguin who's played by burgess meredith if uh who played uh mick and rocky First three Rocky movies. His training. Oh, did he? I didn't know that. Yeah, he's also uh, the guy. You know the uh, the episode of The Twilight Zone. The guy who loves reading books. Uh, I knew that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he no, he was in Rocky for the first three Rocky movies. Is his his, uh, his coach or whatever?
0: Oh well, this is a very different role then.
1: Yeah, um, and all the characters sort of had their gimmicks. So uh, usually. The the Joker who's like it's so funny to think of this Joker who's so silly and like the Joker has kind of gone through phases in the comics and in uh just media where he's been really like a really dark character and then he's been really silly. So this is mm-hmm. his version definitely like the silly, like less threatening type. I mean obviously he's still the villain. Where, you know, everything, you know, the most menacing thing he does is, is you know, I'll wrap Batman up in all these confetti streamers and stuff like that. Mm. Or. I'll throw a pie in his face or something like that. Right. He's very dedicated to his. Like you think about like. When you get to like. Uh. The Joker in the late eighties until now, where he's like the Joker is an absolute monster of a person, or this he's just like he's a criminal who's really goofy
0: right yeah you you cannot have him more be more different than the Jared Leto or the um Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, yeah. He, I'm like,
1: he, this is like, again, uh, that's more the, recent versions of the Joker. Yeah, yeah. Um, But but in some way, I find that kind of refreshing because I sometimes I get tired of how depraved they've made the Joker over the years. Um, I think the best balance of it. I mean, is this and the, there's sort of I would say there's probably an element of this in the animated series Joker, where he is definitely more. And especially in things like uh, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, he gets into the darker side. But he is like the... This is goofy Joker. He's not like the... Like... Like done so many inhumanly cruel things that like... Like I can't believe like he's done some of these things. He's just like this is a guy right. who one episode he decides oh I want to have a utility belt or I want to mm-hmm. have a Joker mobile, right? You, or you I or did this... you or I want to compete against Batman in a surfing contest? Because <laughs> that really happened. Because that really happened in an episode. Yeah, uh, Batman you, you and him did. wear swim trunks over their costumes and surf.
0: That's amazing. I've I've seen uh, Funko Pops for that. I've I've been tempted to buy them. But you're you're totally right. You we can't. You can't imagine seeing this Joker do some of the things that, um, the Joker would later do in other, um, shows or movies or in the comics, like, uh-huh. um, like shooting, um, Barbara Gordon or, um, killing Jason Todd. Like th- th- this Joker could never. Oh, absolutely
1: never. not. Yeah. Um. You have other characters, so I mentioned the penguin. His gag is mostly that he has... There's a few things. He he has his weird kind of squawk, like a... Uh, <laughs> That's he, a good impression. He, uh, he kind of waddles when he walks, and he has a bunch of trick umbrellas. Uh, again, not as dark as what we get in Tim Burton's uh, Batman Returns, where he's like an, in like a mutant... Penguin person hybrid with flippers for hands,
0: right? Burgess Meredith doesn't bite off anyone's nose.
1: No, yeah, he doesn't bite anybody's nose. Uh, and then you you have a couple of actresses who, well, actually, three actresses who played uh, Catwoman. Um, you have Julie Nam- Namor, Namar, uh Lee Merriweather, I think, and uh, somebody we talked about in our podcast from last uh, month, uh Earth a Kit. They all played Catwoman. Yeah, so it was a um and a role that uh, went around. This pretty kind of she's Catwoman is sort of bounced around between sort of like anti hero the hero to villainous. She's definitely a villain in this. Um she still has the uh sort of uh, uh odd relationship with batman she's sort of i guess a you know criminal temptation or whatever
0: mm.
1: the femme fatale or whatever where she's she she wants all she wants is Batman to throw himself at her but she know but Batman is too committed to justice <laughs> Uh actually Eartha Kitt was uh her, her being uh Catwoman uh was that was a big deal because that was like only the uh like second like uh black actress being uh in a main role on a, a prominent uh TV show after the actress who played Ahura in uh, Star Trek.
0: Oh, okay. Wow, I didn't I didn't realize
1: that. Yeah, so that that was a big deal as far as breaking barriers. Um and speaking of Star Trek, um the actress who played Batgirl in the third season, Yvonne Craig, uh she played one of the green aliens in Star Trek.
0: Okay. Yeah. I did not know that. Um, um so- before you go on from from Catwoman, I just I do want to mention that. Um I I think this is a very iconic portrayal of the character, no no matter which of the actresses you're talking about. Um just I, I think the the puns that you expect, like the like the perr effects and oh yeah and those Earth yeah
1: that's that, that most of that is Earth a kit.
0: Okay. So so I think she definitely put her 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 stamp on the character and um I you would be hard pressed to pick a favorite among them. I think um, all three of them did a phenomenal job as the character, right? Yeah.
1: And the, uh, the other version, uh, Lee Brother was played. They, they did, um, after like the first season of the show, they had a movie, uh, which I, we could go into lengths about the movie. Maybe we'll do a bonus podcast at some point this year about the movie, um, which is probably the greatest thing put to celluloid.
0: <laughs> I can't, I can't argue with that.
1: Um, but yeah, uh she she uh does some stuff too. She has some like purring stuff too, but it's a, it definitely Eartha Kit uh with the puns. But yeah, with uh with uh Batgirl, they introduced so the ratings were falling in season three. They introduced Batgirl, who had been introduced in the comics a couple years earlier. Uh this is the version of Batgirl. She's uh Barbara Gordon, so uh Commissioner Gordon's daughter. Um, um the episode that she's in is actually really interesting uh which I watched a couple hours ago um, so you have the penguin who kidnaps Barbara Gordon because he wants to force her to marry him so he can have uh criminal immunity because you know her dad's the police commissioner um, but it's interesting because she while she's being captured she breaks three uh, free. And is sort of like trying to like hide the fact that she, you know, her secret identity. So it was like, oh, we gotta save Barbara Gordon, but she's already saved herself. Uh, okay. Um, and, and it's I don't know, it's a fun episode. Um, you you see like all her things, like uh, oh, she works in the library, and and there are there are a lot of weird things, as like penguins, like I'm gonna kidnap you and I'm gonna hide you in the the place that nobody would look the apartment right next to you. <laughs> no, the last place anybody would look. So she just climbs over the, the window uh, window and goes into her apartment and gets her bat girl costume. Uh, and uh, I don't know, just a lot of fun things. Um, a, a, a kind of a thing about the, the, for the series for the rest of it is like the Batman and Robin don't know who she is, but, uh, Alfred, uh, learned who she was, but he he made a promise to Barbara to stay silent, uh, so she could keep uh. crime fighting. Um, and, and just there's just weird things. So you uh, uh, like even like Alfred like punches the penguin in the episode. It's like it's just a lot of uh crazy stuff. Um. I was reading
0: somewhere that um, that the character Batgirl though, was not allowed to actually punch people. Right.
1: She, um, she had to do kind of like high kicks um, and kind of hit people with objects, which for, for some reason there was some sort of kind of double standard there. Um, though when they asked uh, Yvonne Craig about it, she said she was still like said, oh, a lot of young girls, you know, talk to me. And they said like, oh, you know, I really looked up the Batgirl, which is really cool. Um, yeah i mean i i think this is a iconic character and and i really um, like her performance as she's like very like she's very coy with batman robbins like oh like you guys don't know who i am but you know and she's a very capable crime fighter still i like her performance a yeah. lot uh, i think she yeah was I, good at, I watched some clips and i I, I, agree. I think uh and i like actually that um this version of Bat... I mean, again, her hairstyle is so 60s with the, like, big beehive or whatever. <laughs> uh, but this version, she actually... So Batgirl usually has red hair, and this, the red hair is part of her costume. Because uh, usually okay. she's a brunette.
0: The okay. actress. So, is. so it's kind of like... Almost like the, the the Batwoman costume in the, the current CW show.
1: Yeah, it's just not, like, literal red hair, but... Uh, right right um but yeah um this that so season 3 was the season they they had done you know two shows a week season 3 they switched to just a weekly and there were fewer multi-parter episodes um and usually what would happen is the villain for next week would have a t would have a little tease at the end so they'd be like mm. Uh, At the end of the Batgirl episode, the Riddler shows up, but it's just a tease for that next episode. Okay. Um, With season one and two, like I said, there was usually a cliffhanger in between them, and they have, like, the most absurd way... Usually Batman and Robin are in a situation that they're going to die. Mm. And then it's like, tune in next tomorrow to see how they... uh, uh they escape uh, yeah escape in in one of the other ones the penguin has them tied up behind a shooting gallery in a carnival he tells chief o'hara and commissioner gordon he gives them umbrellas that they think are shooting like fake ammunition uh with real guns and he says he, he tells them to shoot and you're like, oh, how are Batman and Robin going to uh, escape this? And then in the next episode, they just kind of like uh, swing their way out of it, and like it, the bullets hit the soles of their feet. And they said, Good thing that we were wearing our bulletproof shoes or whatever. <laughs> this is just like, Are you kidding me? There's just, there are so many ridiculous moments um and we could go we could go into uh like like again with the movie where it was like oh oh no the we're mag- magnetically tied to this uh you know this buoy out in the ocean and there's a torpedo coming towards us good thing this is dolphin heroically sacrificed itself to save our lives yeah it's it, so th- funny. there's just stuff like that all the time so Um, usually when they show, I don't know what they do now, but usually when they would show this show on, um, TV, they would usually do both if they would usually have like one night and they do both two parts. Um, though, I mean, if you want to do it in the spirit of the show, you would have it on one night and then the next night you'd have the other one. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. And when I was watching, um,
0: this these first two episodes um that we talked about um Brie mentioned um that it's so bingeable now uh because of that cliffhanger like if if you were watching it now you would so easily just get lost in it um because I mean when you have a cliffhanger like that it's so hard to wait um so yeah if you want to do it in the spirit of it I can imagine wanting to wait um but I don't know
1: I mean, it's so tempting. I mean, I can only especially if it's, if it's like, let's say you buy this show and you're like a parent it's like, I'm going to, you know, I think my kid will enjoy this. Like the kid is going to have no patience because they're going to they're not going to see through the the silly formula of they'll be like, oh, Batman is in danger. I need to see how they how he gets out of this one. You have to play the next episode. Right yeah and kids in the day yeah, new patients they want they waited a day
0: oh my goodness now you're the one who needs to yeah get off his porch and stop yelling yeah. at the kids on his lawn uh um it is it is very formulaic but there is something very comforting about that i think and it, it's not you're not watching this for the the plot i'd say like you're you're watching it more for the humor and you're watching it more for just the I just the the general feel of the show um which is really wholesomeness to it exactly that's that's the perfect word um it is wholesome um and I think that is really the, the biggest draw for this and um which which is not something usually here associated with
1: Batman right um yeah and I really like I said I honestly think I mean there are various I mean I, depending on the age of your kids I would think the animated series is also a great way to get your bat, if you want to get your kids into Batman this is I mean some of like the I guess antiquated like the facts that it's set in the 60s might be a little like why are people using you know phones that have cords on them and stuff like that <laughs> the <laughs> mic kid might not understand that or something like that but uh why doesn't everybody have a uh and a, a smartphone or whatever but uh, I think this would be a good starting point if you want to get your kids in the Batman oh yeah and this is definitely i mean appropriate this is one of all you know this is how right? we started so yeah
0: yeah oh there there was one Um, one more thing I need to mention um, before we we get into uh, wrapping up and is that in that the the smack in the middle episode that the first or the second of the two part um, beginning of the series you do have Batman think about Molly again um, but it's done in like the cheesiest way possible where he and Dick Grace and Robin are just talking about how, Oh, everything worked out fine. Like the, the lawsuit, um, got dropped because the villain wasn't there to, to make it to court. Um, and Bruce is saying, Oh, the only thing I regret is that, you know, Molly didn't survive. And he just starts like thinking about her and they edit like her, her face just like, up there in the corner of the screen as he's musing and daydreaming about her. <laughs> and it's so silly. Um, and then um, Aunt Harriet, um, played by uh, Mage Blake, who is Dick Grayson's aunt, um, comes in and is like, who are you talking about? And Bruce is like, oh, no one, just two ships passing in the night.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. Oh yeah, that like we, we didn't Bruce. mention the Aunt Yeah. The Aunt yeah, Harry character is interesting because she's so protective of Dick that they have to make up excuses uh for where they're going, so it's always like they're going fishing or something. Right. And it's like oh the the yeah. I hope I hope the fish really bite this time, Bruce. Right. Yeah that that is another element
0: that I'm I know it was in the comics. um, She was in the comics? She she was. She was in the comics at some point. Um, But
1: I... Well, you don't think they don't trust her?
0: Well, I I just... I've never seen her outside of this this context, and I definitely have not seen her since. So, um, she does bring, you know, that comedic... um, like knowingness and um, kind of code talking between Robin and, and Batman, where they can't really talk about what they're doing in the open, and so they just give each other like knowing looks and winks about, like, "Oh yeah,
1: we're gonna go fishing." Uh-huh. Wink. Um, right. Which is which is humorous. Um, I will mention the uh, the other kind of running joke is that when Batman and Robin scale a building, uh, which is actually they just turn the camera on its side they never actually scaled up buildings <laughs> uh they always have a a a, uh, a like a cameo of somebody coming out the window saying oh who's walking on my you know my wall outside uh which again is just like not taking batman completely seriously So some of the notable ones, some of the cameos were uh, Jerry Lewis, Dick Clark, the Green Hornet, and Kato, who uh, had a crossover episode. That was the uh, bit of uh, connective tissue I was talking about. Uh, Mm. uh, Sammy Davis Jr. uh, Colonel Klink from Hogan's Heroes, who's supposed to be in Nazi Germany in the 40s which just opens up a whole bunch of questions. <laughs> um yeah, that that one is a checkout. Lurch from the Adams family, Edward G. Robinson and Santa Claus. That is quite the quite the gallery, right? Um and uh cool. so uh just um I guess closing this uh podcast uh is, is there anything that you think that this can batman now learn anything from batman back then <laughs> like like seriously or not seriously you don't it doesn't have to be like if you want to make an another orange juice joke or or something that's fine <laughs>
0: I don't the, the the real batman was the friends we made along the way. Um no, it I I do think there is something to to learn from this and I've many times before gone on my spiel about how you don't need to have batman and other characters be gritty or dark for them to be interesting. Um, and I I think that's the biggest takeaway is that know that just because a character has become associated with something doesn't mean you should stop experimenting with him. Um, like thinking back to even something like um, the Lego Batman movie, which is super satirical of that dark and grittiness. Um, you know, don't, don't be afraid to experiment because it can come to, to really um, great results um, and especially comedic results. And that is, should be, I think encouraged and, um, don't be so limited in your interpretation of characters to think that there's only one valid way of reaching, reading them. Um, because if you do that, you're missing out on opportunities. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I, you know, honestly, I just, I just want other mediums to keep kind of, uh, Paying homage to this show, I, like like uh, like, I want there to be keep being references because they 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 do pop up. Um, probably the most famous one in Batman Forever when uh, Batman and Robin are going onto the Riddler's uh, island, and Robin steps on a metal plate and he says, "Holy rusted metal, Batman." Yeah. And and he says, what? It's, it's metal. It's, it's holy. It has holes in it. It's like, well, <laughs> whatever. So I don't know I, it doesn't have to be like that, but I, I think, I think it's important to the keep reminding people that this show existed. Uh, even though, it, you know, it's been 55 years. Um, I, I, I don't know. 55
0: I, years, but it's still an important part of the character's history.
1: Yeah. Just, um, it, it, yeah, that, that's, that's what I feel about. Okay, cool.
0: Well, um, man, thank you for joining me for this talk about, um, the 1966 Batman TV series. That was a lot of fun. And, uh, you, you've somewhat redeemed yourself in my eyes after picking Green Hornet yes. earlier this month. Um, what do you have, um, that you're working on for the site or, Um, Where can people
1: find your material? Okay, so I should have, um, hopefully, another TV review coming out in two or three weeks. I'm not sure exactly. I have to look at the time when the premiere is. Um, Yeah, uh, you can follow me um, on Twitter at Aaron Sarniecki. A lot of times now, I'm just retweeting who won in the NFL playoffs. Uh, Josh's, uh, Packers are playing this week. So wishing them luck. I am so nervous.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah. And then we have these podcasts, um, to look forward to also each month. And, um, I don't always, always happy to see what kind of stuff you have written. So, uh, make sure to, to check that out on Aaron's Twitter. Um, you can all Also find his writing um, and mine on the Pop Break um, where you can find the latest movie, TV, uh, music, reviews, uh, news and interviews and any other um, information or updates you'd like to see. We also have a ton of different podcasts coming out right now through Pop Break TV and through the Breakcast. Uh, A lot of good stuff to listen to including uh blurred watchers the socially distanced podcast um goodbye to all that just a lot of awesome things to listen to so um you can find them here in this um feed uh, but if you haven't listened to them already definitely encourage it really good things to, to look out for um
1: aaron once again thank you for
0: joining me this was fun yep
1: yeah. uh so everybody just uh, stay tuned uh you can find us same bat time, same bat channel. And remember, do not
0: get orange juice from a bar.